Pastor Steve here, Grace Valley Church. Uh, today I want to talk about some mechanisms, or the three mechanisms that God has given you for um, growth, um, for encouragement, for change, for your pilgrimage on earth as a Christian. The Bible's clear that we really are on a pilgrimage, um, you know, in Hebrews says that we, we are really our citizenship is in heaven. <clears throat> We're awaiting a Savior from there. And, uh, you know, we pitch our tents along the way. Um, it's a journey, as um, John Bunyan in his famous Pilgrim's Progress, um, which I just actually ordered the modern version, a little easier to read. I, I'm, I just started. I hope it doesn't lose some of the richness or, or, or uh, you know, the, the, the semantics, the word, the the word smithing in, in the original, which can be very rich, but at other times you can kind of, you, you, you can kind of lose a little bit of the flow. So I'm trying this, but you know, it's a pilgrimage as he, as he mentions there, um, that you, that Christian, um, sets out and he, he's headed towards the celestial city where eventually he, he gets to lay everything down. So that's our journey as Christians, right? It's, 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 you know, heaven is our home, um, God is our Father. Every Christian is my brother. Christ is my brother too. And I'm on, and I'm st- I'm taking that from J.I. Packer, who says we re- need to remind ourselves every day of those fundamental truths, and that we're headed towards <clears throat> the celestial kingdom. I think Jordan Peterson said, you know, it's up Calvary's hill all the time. I mean, he he says that as someone who's you know maybe a friend of Christians, maybe not a Christian in the truest sense of the word himself. I, I don't know if he, he claimed to be orthodox in that manner, but that life is difficult, but eventually we get to, to place it down. It, it's so easy to get discouraged, um, maybe with, with narratives that you hear today in culture um, that we've certainly lost much, especially in certain parts of the country of the Christian worldview or narrative. Um, um, and, and some of the culture that grew up around that, I'm not saying that's all good. Maybe some of it needed to go, but, um, it's easy to get discouraged. And uh, what, what do I do with worldviews that really don't line up with the Christian worldview? Uh, and I want to say that these mechanisms, just giving yourselves again, back to the mechanisms that God has given us you know, it's almost like you set that aside and you just, you, you give yourself to what God has gifted us um, to be part of. And I think, I think that's where we find the strength to continue our pilgrimage forward. That doesn't mean we need to make some decisions along the way. Um, like you can just set it aside and you don't worry about that. Um, and you're just as, <clears throat> you know, as we're exhorted in scripture in, in a sense to do, which is um, mind your own, you know, be quiet and mind your own business, work with your hands and, and, and win people that way. Uh, you got to make decisions sometimes of where you're going to school your kids with prevailing narratives in certain maybe parts of the countries or school districts. Um, I, I, but I've always been an advocate for the public school, but maybe, maybe there, there comes a time where um, you just feel like you want to guard your kids. I understand that more and more. Or maybe it's a cultural place in the workplace where you just realize certain companies you can't work for. Um, it's just, you know, it's just difficult. But setting that aside, I think these great mechanisms that God give us has given us can give us great hope and encouragement and, 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 and vision moving forward. And sometimes vision, a clear target for something helps us to, um, 
to just con- continue and to endure and to to be hopeful. Um, and hope is a good thing, as Andy Dufresne said um, <laughs> in some movie. So the, here are the mechanisms, and the, uh, this is uh, the, these are the words I'm going to use. He's given us the gathering. Um, he's given us the scattering, and then he's giving us he's given us the life of the Spirit within us. For me personally, uh, so let me let me let me explain those and or re-explain those to 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 you as a as a Christian or those who are interested in Christianity again. You know, by the gathering, of course, I mean the great gathering of the church with the pulpit at the center. Um, I don't think churches should ever move away from this. I know we're all kind of figuring out, or at least there's a lot of, what does a church look like moving forward? And people have left the church. I don't know really how much that is true. Um, as far as Christians abandoning churches, I don't, it's hard to make sense of the data and, and, and the narrative out there. But, um, you know, it's funny even, and I'm not against home fellowships. I think that's part of the, 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 the scattering. I think that's very biblical too, and I'll explain that in a minute. But there is a gathering. There, there's, you know, Protestants have always believed, Catholics in a sense too, uh, of just the power of a church coming together. Outside of just, say, 12 or 20 or 40 in a home, there's, he's given equipping gifts to the church. Um, he's given, and that means people. He's given, you know, Paul says in Corinthians, he's given, um, he's given some to be um, apostles and prophets and evangelists and teachers and and pastors um, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And uh, many call these, these are the equipping gifts. Um, and I think it's, I, I, I understand people, people who would say, well, you can't get that in a home fellowship group. Perhaps. But, you know, it's funny, even in, in places where Christians legally, um, either in some some point in history in that country or currently, that can only meet secretly in, in homes or other places. It's amazing you still hear about the underground church, meaning these 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 cell groups, let's call them cell groups. If you're a Christian, you kind of know what a cell group is. You another word for a smaller group or you know, a ga- small gathering of people in secret. Do their best of trying to meet with other cell groups in la- in a larger gathering still in secret you know in some subterranean place i'm making that up but subterranean some secret basement dwelling whatever i went to a place in china once it was in an apartment building of course it was lamb i think it was I'd say if it was henry lamb or charles lamb but he was He's quite well known, so I think he had a little protection that the that the Chinese weren't going to do anything to him. They met in an apartment building, um, but they still try. It's amazing that they still try and gather. And this is everywhere that you read about in history where Christians have been persecuted. They don't just remain in twos and threes or fives or tens. It's funny how they try to get together. It's like my only explanation of that is like that's just the spirit of God leading and directing them that. There's something about meeting and having, again, as John Stott, I was listening to a couple weeks ago, say that the centrality of the pulpit, of the word of God proclaimed by those who are spirit-filled and gifted, um, and and all the other equipping gifts are just, you know, I, I think there are some that are called to do that, and I don't, I don't think that every time you gather, 
um, in a house church that there's always going to be oh those gifts present in the room. I've I've never found that, never seen that at all in practical church experience in all my years as a pastor. So I'm saying, I'm saying is God has given us the gathering in, in a larger group, whereas John Stott says we've always there's just something that happens, and I've seen it when you've got gifted teachers and preachers and pastors and shepherds. Um, you know, proclaiming from the pulpit and worshiping God together in a larger setting. And that doesn't mean it has to be thousands. You know, the average church in America, I don't know what it is, but let's say 150, 200. There's just something that happens within that. I think there is something for the gathering. Um, you know, God still, even in the Old Testament, gathered his people, even under the tent of meeting. You know, there's just something about God's people coming together. So he's given us the gathering. We can never lose the gathering together. To celebrate communion together, to celebrate public baptism, to celebrate, you know, if churches are given to it, what God is doing among his people, you know, the the, the testimony of, of the flock. So he's given us the gathering, never lose the gathering. We need the gathering. God's always had, I don't think the gathering will ever disappear. I think there'll always be, people will always, like I just mentioned, with the persecuted church, it's just something about, we'll risk our necks to go outside of our homes and try and meet in some place or have more, more and more people because there's just something that happens um, amongst the people of God, with the Spirit of God, when they begin to gather from, I just, I just believe that and see that. Um, so he's given us the gathering for those reasons, again, to celebrate God's word, to celebrate the life of the spirit among us through worship and through testimony and through the ordinances that God's given us Two ordinances, you know, that we're to make public professions of faith through baptism. And we are to celebrate, um, the Lord's death until he comes back. Um, and those are a means of whatever your views on, on, on baptism and, communion are there is it is still a means of grace or it's just something that god does in the moment even if we don't see it or 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 feel it necessarily in the life of a believer so i believe that so he's given us the gathering give yourself to the gathering there is the scattering i think i think even we see the pattern uh when the church was first birthed right in 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 the book of acts that they they met daily in the temple courts they were enlarged and i've heard the numbers that could be as much as five six seven thousand people that would gather remember most they they said that you know it felt like half of jerusalem had been converted so whatever the big numbers were those courts held a lot of people i've heard i've heard teachers say it would be in the thousands and then they met house to house there was just this natural breaking down of just manageable numbers um for teaching and instruction so that they could really give themselves, as Acts again says, they gave themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the prayers, um, to the breaking of bread, and so on. So there was something about the scattering. Later on, of course, we realized that a great persecution broke out in the church, uh, and, and they were scattered, uh, except the apostles. I think, again, there's just they had enough status that the authorities were afraid to touch them but most christians scattered and they preached the word wherever they went so from there on there was always this this scattering of god's people and so we could say that we're we should be scattered into homes our pattern probably you know really should be 
that we gather together, then we scatter in, in the midweek to, um, to really be on mission together, to still figure out how do we as a smaller group now enjoy the fellowship, but we don't exist, the group doesn't exist just for the life of the group. The, ex- the group exists to do mission together, that we figure out in this smaller context, with the gifts present here, with God leading us, you know, individually and then corporately, how do we get on mission together? And then how do we get on and, and, and then, you know, and then within that mission, do life together. So he's given us the scattering. And I think that's the pattern that we should never lose. I don't think it's just the gathering. I don't think it's just the scattering. I think it's both. I think that's how we're, we can be encouraged. I think that's how we, um, I think that's how we grow best. I think that's how we keep the vision of what God's trying to accomplish through the church, which again, simply is multiplying disciples and churches. That's, that is the essence, right? Go into all the world, preach the gospel, um, make disciples, go into all the world, make disciples, and then teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And part of that was, again, just the multiplication of disciples, which then you need to organize into gatherings and scatterings whatever the size. Um, so we can't lose that. I think that in, I think that's a mechanism that God has given his people to encourage us, to keep the vision sharp, to grow us. Um, so those are the first two, the gathering, the scattering. So if you're discouraged, it's just like, you know what? I'm sh- I got to set this side aside, this stuff aside. I can't indulge too much into this, the, this discouragement of narratives and worldviews. I'm on mission. Okay, I'm on. I'm part of a great mission that a king really has landed, and he is sabotaging the present prince of of this world, right? Which is Satan, and he is creating these little pockets of gathering and scattering, right? That he's malt, and he's trying to, and we're we're involved with his mission, with his kingdom of gathering together, then scattering to do mission together, still as people, not individual. Um, until he comes back. But that's not all that he's given us. He's also given us, as I mentioned earlier, he's given us the life of the Spirit within us. And we, we have to give ourselves to that. Because ultimately, again, a disciple is, is someone who, of course, is a learner and follower of Jesus. But I, I like what Dallas Willard says. What is a disciple? A disciple is someone who ultimately gains the mind of Christ on all things. He thinks the way that Christ would think about certain situations. And with his own life, he does what Christ would do if he were them, if he were she, okay? Um, And so he's given us the life of the Spirit within us. Again, it's not a new moral code we've adapted. It's not just a new follower that we're following. It's not just a bunch of new teaching that we're after. It's something supernatural that's happened in us. He, He has regenerated our heart. We cannot see the kingdom unless we're born again, Jesus says, and we are born of the Spirit above. So if you're a Christian, it means that you're born again, that you have the Spirit of God within you, okay? Um, And so we give ourselves to this new life in the Spirit, and we learn, as Paul says, to learn how to walk with the Spirit of God. And we learn what pleases Him. Um, We learn, too, what grieves Him what quenches him. Um, 
we gain discernment around us by the Spirit of God within us. So we give ourselves to the Spirit of God within us. And that's that final circle. So if you can think, you know, we got that large circle of larger circle of the gathering, right? We're excited to kind of really see, you know, the fruition of the church together and, and, and the gifts really more and more on public display and encouragement. Then you've got that gathering in homes, let's say, or wherever that, that, that smaller, I'm sorry, that, that, that smaller scattering of people now out into the world, but still connected with one another because we're not individualists, right? To do mission together and to do life together, to, to really be real with one another, to take the masks off. You can't do that in a larger gathering, right? Where there's just simply the proclamation of the word of God, that enjoyment of that and, and, and a celebration of the elements and the ordinances. You've got to find that in a smaller group, but then you've got to nourish that final circus, the life of the spirit within you, which means there's still a very personal aspect to being a Christian, that there are certain things now that only you can do. Only you can pray for you, right? Only you can nourish, really nourish the life of God within you. Other people are definitely a means of grace in our life, right? What they say, what they as, as we watch them, as we see what they do, as we do things together, all those things change us. But ultimately, it is myself, right, who is trying to become a little Christ that is nurturing the Spirit of God within me. That, as Paul says, you know, I feed the flesh, it's going to grow. I feed the Spirit, it's going to grow within me. So we give ourselves to the nourishment of the Spirit, to the implanted Word within us, which, which, which can deliver us, the Bible says, to prayer, right, to ultimately full surrender of my life in every aspect to Jesus Christ, not just parts, you know, so as C.S. Lewis says, I can still have some, you know, things that are just mine after I've kind of met all these duties, and now I can finally just kind of do what really only I've wanted to do. It's handing over my entire life for Jesus, right? A harder way, but in the end, a much easier way to live fully for Jesus Christ and trust him you know, that all good things will still, can still be mine as God measures good. So those are the three mechanisms. Um, and I think, you know, fixing our eyes on that, that, hey, I'm about this grand movement that's multiplying disciples that understand, you know, of the, of being in, in a, again, a, a, a church setting where the word of God is faithfully proclaimed and preached and there's vision there and there's, 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 there's the celebration of, of the Word of God and the celebration of changing lives. And then there's, a, there's just this, these friendships that can be created um, and where I really learn how to love and bear burdens and get on mission with people. Again, I'm more and more convinced groups don't exist just for the group. They exist as a group for mission. That's their main mission. We're on mission together. Let's figure it out, and then we'll do life as we're trying to accomplish the vision and the mission, or missions, plural, whatever mission we feel like God has, us, has for us at this point, you know, as a group. And then just giving yourselves again, hey, it's the life of the Spirit. It happens first thing when I wake up in the morning, right? It's pushing all the other things aside. It's finding that place and that time and giving myself to the life of the Spirit first thing in the morning. So all day I can be nourishing the life of the Spirit within me. So those are the fundamentals. Those are really the mechanism. God knows that we're going to get discouraged, that it is a pilgrimage, and there will be periods for Christians, you know, in the history of the world where it's going to be difficult, and it's going to be discouraging, and it's not going to be friendly. 
but he's given us these gifts, right? He's ultimately given us the church um, in all its, we can say these three, three different settings, just individually with a life of the spirit within me, you know, um, where I, as Jesus says, I can go into my room and I can close the door and I can pray to my father in secret. And my father who sees what is done in secret will reward me in the open, it seems is what he's saying. Uh, and then, then this, these, these, these two or three that Jesus says, I'm in the midst there. Um, and then the do not neglect yourself of the assembling of yourselves together, which to me denotes this larger group. So those are the mechanisms. Um, that's a reminder for us. I'm sure that's not new to any of us, but it, it, it's helpful to remember. Don't get, don't get too discouraged. You know, we all have to make wise, wise moves in the world um, that we live in. And in the context that we suddenly find ourselves faced with, with our family and our, and our children and those we love. Um, but ultimately, we, we give ourselves to the mission of the church, right? Of this great, we are on pilgrimage. This world is not our home. God's given us these circles within which we are to operate and we're to give ourselves to that. And I, I believe what Jesus says and all these other things will be given to you as well. Okay, great. Thanks for being with us. I hope you found that helpful.